You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon. I'm delighted to be joined on this edition by a very, very special guest. He's a former Arsenal striker. He's a bit of a legend. He's a great guy. I class him as a friend and I'm delighted to welcome back the brilliant Mr. Kevin Campbell. How are you, sir? Harry, I'm very good. Uh, Thanks for having me on. And I'm really looking forward to this one because I'm sure... We're going to start some fires, but it, I think it's needed. <laughs> yep, I agree. I agree. And and I feel, I've got to say, I said this to Kevin just before we went live. It's Dickie Bow Thursday. Kevin's dressed in the suitable attire. And I feel a little bit underdressed now. I'm sitting here in a hoodie and a cap and I look like a bit of a tramp. So I do apologise, Kevin. I must have missed the memo. <laughs> Harry, I could be honest with you. If it was probably half an hour later... I would have been look. I would have been dressed like you, but I've just got back for this, so I'm still in the attire. <laughs> Brilliant stuff, um, Casey. Let's get into it because there's lots to talk about, as there always is with our football club. Um, let's start off by kind of getting your thoughts on how things unfolded at the Emirates Stadium on Monday night. It was a game that a lot of us felt going into it that we probably needed to take three points from. Mm-hmm. Um, A game that I guess in a lot of ways we expected to take three points from. It wasn't to be. Mm -hmm. Um, What for you were the big issues? Because it feels to me like, although I'm trying to be as positive as possible, we're seeing the same issues recurring. And that's a big worry for me. So what for you felt like the biggest problems that Arsenal had on the night? Um, here's, Here's the crazy thing, Harry. Let me just start with this. The way we started the game... I don't think anybody was worried about our performance. We looked at it. We looked looked on the front foot. We looked pretty strong. You know, Palace weren't in it. They were defending pretty well. And then Aubameyang scores. And then there's the opportunity where Smith-Rowe took a shot where Pepe's on the right-hand side. He passes that. Maybe we go 2-0 up. And at 2-0, the game's over. But what happens after that, Harry, I think is the most alarming. I think is the most worrying. Because it seems as though we it's, it's either we took our foot off the gas or we ran out of gas. We ran out, it looked to me like we ran out of energy. And Palace started to get a little grip in the game. Odson Edouard, who plays on the left, started to drift inside. And we couldn't get hold of him. We couldn't handle him. And they they took up. They took a hold of the game. We got to halftime at, at, at 1-0. Great, we'll adjust after that horrendous tackle on uh, Bukayo Saka, which should have been a red. Second half, we come out there, obviously made the change to probably be more stable. And we, I, ex, I actually expected that to be the starting eleven with Sambi in the midfield yeah. beside Thomas Partey. But he, he, he went more attacking because of the injury. We go back to the, the, our, our normal system. But Harry, one thing we can't legislate for 
is mistakes. And when yeah. you when you make mistakes, it don't matter. You could be playing well. You make mistakes and the op- opposition capitalise on it. You are in trouble. And that's, that's two mistakes we made and we let, let them in. They still had a bit of work to do. But at this level, Harry, you, you, give, you give teams the, the opportunity, they're going to punish you. And we found ourselves, if we're honest, Palace never opened us up yep, or agreed. anything really. They never. But it's our own doing. And that's the worry for me, Harry. It's our own doing. We're not taking better care of the ball. But it was always going to be a tough one, especially after the international break. Fair play, fair play to the team. They scrapped and fought. I thought Lacazette was excellent when he got on the pitch. Um, made a real difference to us. Obviously came up with a injury time goal. Uh, I thought Martinelli looked pretty sharp when he came on as well, which obviously is going to ask a few questions for uh, the filler game. Yep. But again, it's our own doing, Harry. And, you know, we've seen a turnover of players, etc., these are the things that have to be nipped in the bud. Yeah, we didn't lose. But you know what? It actually felt worse than the Brighton game. <laughs> this draw yeah. felt worse than the Brighton game. Probably because we're at home. Yeah, for sure. And I guess for me, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head with the individual errors and the fact that it was our undoing and or our own doing, sorry, in terms of the way we gave up those goals. And, and for me, I kind of, I, I've got to be honest, when I came out of the stadium, I kind of, the parte mistake where he gave the ball away the same with Sambi I kind of put that out of my mind I must admit and I I just put that down to individual errors I'm fortunate that both occurred on the same night and we were where we were but for me the worry was other things the worry was the lack of creativity in our own game the fact that we thought that we could go toe-to-toe with Crystal Palace in the center of midfield with Martin Odegaard playing as a makeshift central midfielder alongside Thomas Partey I, I, ju- I highlighted in the lead up to the game that I felt with Palace, if we played like that, we'd be playing to their strengths because we know Milivojevic, we know James MacArthur and Conor Gallagher are not afraid to put it about and are much more physical and much more disciplined than the midfield that we had chosen to go with. So mm. I was a little bit worried about that imbalance and that came to be an issue for Arsenal. In the but end. In hey, the end, yeah. In the end, Harry. But here's the thing. The way we start the game... Uh, and I know we didn't finish it that way. But, you know, normally, look, Arsenal, we can't have it both ways, Harry. If you remember last season, and I, I, I don't like bringing up last season, but I just want to use this as a, as, a, as a comparison, as a barometer. We played West Ham at, 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 West, Ham's, at West Ham. We started awful. For, what is it, half an hour, 35 minutes, we were awful. We were 3-0 down. And then for the rest of the game, we wiped the floor with West Ham. This was kind of the total opposite. We started the game well, and you talked about that midfield. They couldn't get near us, really, in the first 20 minutes. But what happens is you start making mistakes, Harry. You start making mistakes. Then you play into their hands. If you don't have the energy to get around those three in midfield for them, you're, you're going to have a long day. And they made it a long game for us. So we had to bring on all the, all the help. We had to bring on yeah. Lacazette. We had to bring on, obviously, Sambi came on. We had to bring on Martinelli to help because we run, it seemed like we run out of energy. Again, 
that international break came really at a bad time for us. But it's the same for everybody. But again, this is a squad who we're building. We're, we're, we're trying to build momentum. We're trying to build something. But it, it was it was cruel to us, mate. Yeah, it was. It was. And it was a bit of pill to swallow, wasn't it? Uh, just before we move on, just a quick reminder, if you're watching us live on YouTube at the minute, please do hit the like button. I can see a lot of you in the chat saying, why are there so many dislikes on the video? We've had this over the last few days. For some reason, the minute we schedule a video, we get about 25, 26 dislikes instantly. Reported it to YouTube because I know that you lovely people are not doing it. And it, apparently there are a load of bot accounts right now on YouTube going around and doing this on certain videos. So let's get the likes up above the dislikes. Harry, the dislikes me. are for me. No, they're it's not, not Casey. The dicky boat. It's the <laughs> Listen, do you know what, Harry? Like it or dislike it, everyone's got their opinion, whether it's a bot or not. <laughs> let's just crack on. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But there's a lot of people asking the question in the chat, and it is something that we've looked into because I've spoken to a couple of other YouTube creators who have got the same issue at the minute. So I know I pissed some people off, but hopefully not that much. Uh, let's let's keep uh, let's keep going, Casey. A couple of other kind of questions and, and thoughts to put to you ahead of the Aston Villa game. And we talk a lot about Lacazette. We talked a lot about the impact he had when he came onto the pitch. First of all, would you start him on Friday night? And if yep. so, who drops out of the side for you? I think that that is, that's already taken care of, I believe. I think because Saka's injured, um, that's one less player, obviously, starter, who's playing. Um, the, the, the big key is, does Sambi start? Or is that another change? Because at the end of the day, we... We, we lost energy for whatever reason, whether it was because of international break, whether it was just because that's the way the game went for us on the day. I think Lacazette makes a massive difference to us because he gets hold of the ball at the top end of the pitch. Yes, Aubameyang can be more effective up there because he likes to play on the shoulder. But that's a little bit of a luxury for us at the moment, Harry. I don't think we're playing well enough to, to get the best out of Aubameyang just yet. We need somebody who's functional, somebody who can really help the team, get hold of the ball, bring other people into the play, and then we'll be able to, to, to release Aubameyang a bit more. So I think Lacazette playing is a must uh, on Friday. Yeah, I agree with you. For me, I think it's a case of... I'd probably put Aubameyang to a slightly left position, if I'm being honest. I, I don't know if if that's the right way to go, but it feels like the right way to go for me at this point because I think he's he has been working really hard lately. And I think to drop him, to you know move him out of the centre-forward role and then put Laka there and completely take him out of the team feels a little bit harsh and feels a little bit wrong. Um, he scored as well. He scored a yeah, great goal. Exactly. Really good um, goal scorer's goal. Great finish. So I think he's got to play. Do you know... When Lacazette came on, we saw a little bit of link-up between Aubameyang and Lacazette as well, which we've lacked. We lack seeing this, you know, that connection, that 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 football brain with each other. So we need them playing together on the pitch as much as we can at the moment, because as as you rightly said, Harry, and I'll, I'll reiterate, we're just not playing well as a team. We're not playing well enough to get away with just one of them. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about Thomas Partey because he's another player who wasn't at his best on Monday night. I think we can all accept and acknowledge that he's not always got the support network around him to to play to his potential. But are you concerned at all by the way he performed on Monday night? No, it was a bad look. It was a bad game. There wasn't there wasn't many who who had good games. Let's be honest. We, we were pretty average. Uh, after the first 20 minutes, I think we were pretty average, if I'm honest with you. Um, done well to even get a point because realistically, when you give away goals like that, you don't deserve anything. But we got a point and, you know, you take the point and you move on. I, I just think Thomas Partey, sometimes it's it's being set up to fail in a sense because if you're the only real central midfielder, and the team starts off well, your role will, can be easy because their midfielders are going to be worrying about your offence. Mm. But as soon as the energy goes out of our team, he's the only real one who's going to be putting his foot in. It's, it's a lot of work for him to do, Harry. It's a lot of work for just one man to do. So the fact Saka got injured and, and Lakonga came on, then you think, right, we're going to be a lot more solid. And... Let's be honest, we, we looked worse at times. We looked worse with Lukonga on. And I like Lukonga. I think he's a good player. I think Thomas Partey, the ceiling is, is, is massive with him. But it's a balance. We, we, we seemed imbalanced in our team. And we need to get that balance right. If that team selection would have wiped the floor with uh, Crystal Palace, then obviously we're, we're asking a different question then, aren't we? Maybe it is right to play Thomas Partey in there on his own. But the fact is it didn't work out and we really needed some more stability in there. Even though Lukonga didn't have a great game and he made a mistake, so what? But I, I feel a lot more comfortable with two in there. That's for sure. Yeah, me too. I think 4-2-3-1 is our best yeah. and most stable setup. I think it does sometimes take a, away a little bit from us in an attacking sense, but I don't think we're good enough to be not worried about the defensive side of the game as much. That's, that's just where we're at as a team. Um, I can see loads of great questions coming into the chat for Casey. Just hold on to them for a few more minutes and I promise you we'll throw as many as we can uh, at Casey in just a couple of moments' time. Um, just quickly... In terms of Mikel Arteta, I know you're still kind of very much a backer of Mikel Arteta. I, too, am not at the point by any stretch of the imagination where I'm calling for his head. But I do have some worries. I do have some concerns. I think like you, too, I think everybody of does. That, that's that's natural. Yeah. But what would you kind of say to supporters who are very much Arteta out at the moment? Where are you at in terms of how much of this current situation that we find ourselves in, which is inconsistent performances, a league position that doesn't really reflect where we want to be and issues around the tactical application of what, what it is we're being asked to do each week. What would you say to the Arteta out supporters right now in order to try and kind of put some perspective into what's going on at the minute? Well, what I would say, Harry, is their opinion is, is, is as, as worthy as mine. You know, whether they agree with me or they don't agree with me, Everyone, all gooners have an opinion. Their opinion is valid. Here's the thing that I would say about this team right now. This team has played together for five games. They're unbeaten. 
They haven't played particularly well, bar in one game. Let's be honest. We've Probably seen a one little, half as well. Well, yeah, we've seen a we've seen a little little spurt um, against Crystal Palace, but apart from that, we weren't great at Burnley. We got over the line. We weren't great against Norwich. We got over the line, and obviously, it it got um, changed in 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 other games. But when, so when you think about that, Harry, five games unbeaten, okay? Yeah, we haven't been great. But this, this, this team now is about results. It's not about who's going to be playing so well, etc. Yeah, the result was poor. We needed to win. Because if we won on Tuesday and we win the Villa game, we'd have been in the top four. What a fantastic thing for Arsenal fans. But let, let's be real. We are not the finished article and we're nowhere near the finished article yet. Do we have good players? Yes, we do have good players. The players haven't played together long enough, I don't believe, to say we're going to be up there at the moment. It's going to take a bit of time. Whether that, whether that in the end saves Mikel Arteta or not, Harry, I don't know. But so, so me, what, as an ex-player, well, me as an ex-player... I would say one thing I do know is that the players are, are, are trying for him. They haven't downed tools. You could tell by the way they get the equaliser and they celebrated. They're having a goal. The, the, the matter of fact is even the players are saying they don't know what happened on the pitch. They don't know why the energy went. They don't know how they let Crystal Palace back into the game because at the end of the day, people are saying that Arteta was that coach. With them, with them two mistakes, if their two mistakes never happen, Crystal Palace don't score. So, yeah. you know, it is, it's a game of football at the end of the day. It's, it's tough. So that's what I would say to the, the, the Arteta route people. I get I, your, your, your opinion is valid in your eyes. But there's some of us who, you know, this, this team have only played together five games and they're unbeaten. So let's see again. It's a work in progress. It always is going to be, Harry, until we're there. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of heat at the start of the season when I was asked how long I would give Mikel Arteta. And I said I would take stock of things again at Christmas. Because for me, you know, what's it going to be? 15, 16 games at that point. You can tell on a greater sample size like that where we're actually at. I think when you look at, you know, we've played eight games so far. Three of them were those three games at the start of the season where there were difficult circumstances around them. You write those off that we've played against opponents that we have no right to be beaten given the stage of development we're at. And, and you kind of have to be fair in your assessment. But I've always said that I, despite the start, I expect Arsenal to be challenging and hopefully finishing inside the top six this season. What for you would constitute success under Mikel Arteta this season? And at what point would you maybe start to think that this guy isn't the right guy? What, what has to happen? Well, it's, it's got to implode. Let's be honest. That, that for, for me to say it, it can't work, it has to implode. And success is, success, let's be honest, success is top, top six back into Europe and a trophy. That success, having a decent season is top six for me. That's not success. That's just, you know, we've improved. But we need to win. For me, it's always silverware. 
and to get back. We're out of Europe. There's no excuses on that front. Let's get back into Europe. Let's get a foot in. Let's get some more money in the coffers and let's get that squad beefed up with quality. That's the key. But in order to do that, Harry, the players have to be a lot more consistent than they are. That's for sure. How concerned are you about the visit of Aston Villa this weekend or, or this Friday? Because Aston Villa are a side who went into the season with a lot of expectation. Mm -hmm. Obviously sold Jack Grealish, spent in a lot of people's eyes the money very, very wisely. But they're in 13th place in the Premier League. It hasn't been a great start for Aston Villa either. And I think mm -hmm. given the hype that was around them at the start of the season, that's gone under the radar a little bit. I've said that they're probably going to come to the Emirates and beat us now. But where are you sort of, how are you feeling going into this game? Are you confident Arsenal can take the three points? Do you think that they're going to pose a bigger challenge than Crystal Palace? Yeah, I, I, I truly believe that Villa have got more, probably more offensive weapons. I mean, I would have liked, and it might sound weird, Harry, I would have liked Zaha to play for Palace because you know what? He would have been virtually directly up against Tommy Asu. He wouldn't have played like Edouard does, drifting in off the left and causing a real problem in there at times for Tommy Asu. I think Aston Villa have got probably more weapons, but I think it's a game, I think it's a definitely a winnable game for us. They haven't started well. We haven't been great. But do you know what? We're unbeaten in five. And for all of the qualities that we say we want our team to have, we want them to be able to fight. And at the end of the day, they didn't play well in the end, but they fought to get a draw. This game last season, we would have lost H. So yep. am, I, am I apprehensive? No, I'm not apprehensive. Um, you know, the Crystal Palace game was all our doing. We've got to clean that up. This Villa side ain't, ain't the same as last season, that's for sure. And I think they have, they're having balance problems like we are. The yep. balance of their team just isn't quite right yet. So with a bit of luck, you know what, H, I'll take a 1-0 and say thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, same. Famous old 1-0 to the Arsenal. 1-0, yeah. Exactly. Right. Let's get some of your questions in the live chat box. I can see loads of you have been popping them in. So if you've already put one in and obviously it's moved up the chat and I can no longer see it, then feel free to drop it in there again. Put a little cue at the beginning. It makes them easier for me to pick out from the chat box. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already, make sure you leave a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We're approaching... Hit the like button, guys. Hit it. There it is. You've heard it from the man himself. <laughs> um, we're also edging ever so slowly closer to 17,000 subscribers here on YouTube. So please do subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. Right, let's get some of those questions. There was a really, really good question from Steve Stone in the chat. Um, it was a few minutes ago. I'm just going to see if I can dig it out because I thought it was a really, really good one. I remember what it was about. So I'll just, oh, here it is. Perfect. Kevin, as a young player that made it through to the first team yourself, how long do you think is reasonable to give a player for him to reach his full potential. Now, I assume, Steve, and correct me if I'm wrong in the chat, that you're talking about, you know, the likes of Emil Smith-Rowe, the likes of Bakayo Sakaru, at the moment just seem to be a bit up and down in their performance levels. That's expected at this stage in their careers. But mm -hmm. how long can we kind of give these players, Casey, before we have to start looking at them and going, kind of need to be at this level now. And if they're not, we need to maybe add more. I think that's a bit of a loaded question, Harry, because you, what, you, what you actually do need, uh, I'll say to Steve, is you need experience 
around these youngsters. You need consistency and stability around these youngsters. So when they're having a bad time, there's still experienced players who are playing well, getting them through games. That's what you see in the other teams. You know the other top teams? I feel Foden could go at Man City and not have a great game. But he's got experienced players around him who will guide him through the game. No problem. We're relying too much on Emil Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka, for my money. We're relying too, too much on them. So the key is, how long does it take? It takes as long as for us to get these serious players in to really help them along. Because once you get that, these guys develop so quickly after that. So it might be one or two windows, but we will get there. Yeah, now, I'm sure they'll get there. It's just, it's just like you said, there's an over-reliance on them because we don't have that quality in and around them. I've got to take this question from my lovely mother because if I don't, then uh, she's going to get the hump with me. So uh, big shout out, mum. How you doing? Didn't know you watched Chronicles of Aguna, if I'm honest. Uh, but there you go. Uh, she says, what are Kevin's thoughts on Ben White? Now, he's divided opinion, hasn't he, Casey? Um, with a lot of Arsenal fans who have sat there and gone, there's been some who have said, we spent 50 million on him. Could we have got a more ready-made centre-back for that kind of money? What's your take on how he started his life at Arsenal? Um, it's been a bit up and down. Um, there's been some, there's been some difficult times, obviously, and there's been some some decent times. I actually thought he had a decent game against Palace. I really did. But when you when you make mistakes like that we made, and you're overloaded, there's little you can do. Um, at times, people talk about you know he was backing off for the Edward, but but there's there's a lot of players there, and he wants to be in front of the ball. It took a slight deflection. Um, past Ramsdale. But again, nobody's perfect. I think it's been it's, it's been just average his Arsenal career so far. Obviously, Arsenal expect him to be Tony Adams straight away, don't they? Us Arsenal fans. But it's, it doesn't go that way. But here's the thing, Harry. The last five games where he's got his partner beside him now, he's got a Gabriel beside him, we're unbeaten. That, that says quite a bit. You know, I remember us beating Norwich and then going to Burnley and saying, you know, he's going to get exposed at Burnley. He didn't get exposed at Burnley. He didn't get exposed against Spurs. So, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been average, five and a half, I'd say, just above average maybe, but there's room for improvement, which is a good thing. And it's ultimately why we chose him over some of those more ready-made options, right? It's the, it's the potential... The Yes, the ceiling exactly. is, is, yeah, a lot bigger. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's take this one from Clacking Bell, who says, uh, if Arteta fails to finish in the top six, should he be sacked? It, it all depends, if, if I'm honest with you. I don't, I honestly, um, Clacking Bell, I honestly don't think Arteta, that this uh, ownership are going to sack Arteta. They've brought Arteta in for a reason. Remember, they have bypassed getting loads more experience than he, Arteta ever could have. They've bypassed it. Allegri was, was there. Twice Allegri was there and they bypassed Allegri. They've done it for a reason. And now that they're starting to invest in youth, 
Obviously, they see Arteta as the man to, to, to take it forward. Obviously, result if results go pear-shaped and, and we are languishing, then that is something that has to be re reviewed, I believe. But I think they have the mindset to go forward with Arteta. Yeah, and that, you know, I agree with that. But that doesn't mean that we think that Arteta should be the Arsenal manager, regardless of what happens on the pitch. We, oh, no. and, and people take that the wrong way, don't they? And I know you yeah. get it. I definitely get it. Where people say, you're accepting mediocrity. Just because we think that's what the club are going to do, doesn't mean that it's necessarily what we would do. No, it's not that we accept mediocrity. The fact of the matter is, and for all them Arsenal fans who, who, who think, want a Conte, want this, want that, I get it. I get it. Did I want Arteta? No, I didn't want Arteta in there. But the fact of the matter is, he's manager, so I'm going to back what they're doing. I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm supporting the regime. If the, if the results go downhill, then the inevitable is going to happen, Harry. That's for sure. But do you know what? You can see him putting together... Remember, some of these players, our fans were hounding the players out before they even joined the club. Yeah. And now... We're not crowing from the rooftops, um, but it's a lot better than we were at the start after three games. So I know it's not where we want to be, and that's going to take a bit of time. But Arteta, I will say it once and I'll say it again, Arteta is not bulletproof from the sack. He could get the sack if results go down and, and, and the team perform poorly. He can get the sack. But again, I think the ownership have put him in for a reason. They want to change the culture at the club. They want to change that dressing room. I think in, in Europe, we're the, I think we're in the top five of youngest squads in Europe. In Europe. So, you know, that, that, that tells you something where the club's going. We've done all the buying the, buying the household names. We've done all that and got nowhere. Yep. And it could be a case of, you know, we might not, and people are going to say I'm making excuses for Arteta again, but <coughs> we might not feel the benefit of what Arteta is doing in terms of being tasked with bringing these younger players through until he leaves the club and someone else comes in and finds a more ripe Emil Smith-Rowe, Bukayo Saka, Ben White, Gabriel, Tommy Asu, Ramsdale. So this doesn't necessarily have to be, this could be the stepping stone maybe even to something else. And I think a lot of the signings that we made over the course of the summer were very much with a view to benefiting the club in the long term, not just Mikel Arteta. And I think that point's been quite largely overlooked. Um, there's over 180 of you watching us live right now. Please hit the like button if you haven't done so already. I know I keep saying it, but it is really, really important. Let's take this one from Billy, who says, how important is Xhaka for us? And do people need to put more respect on his name? Um, Xhaka, Xhaka's important because he's an experienced player. Now, for me, if it was up to me, Billy, oh, Xhaka wouldn't be at the football club. I could tell you that much after what he'd done in the, the previous Palace game. You remember when he got taken off? Um, he wouldn't be at the football club. But one thing we, we, we can all agree is that he has got experience to play alongside Thomas Partey and he is not the ideal partner. But we do look a lot more solid with him beside Thomas Partey. We do. And I'm just saying that. I see it, I say it. So do people need to put more respect on his name? Yeah, well, you can say that, but 
I think Xhaka has to stop doing silly things and getting himself sent off on the pitch. I think he's an experienced player who should have more res respect for the for for the shirt to get sent off doing stupid things. So I think the player needs to take responsibility on his role at the football club because you know what Arsenal's bigger than any of these players, far bigger. Do you, do you think that you, uh, obviously being an ex-Arsenal player and having come through the ranks at the club, do you think that coming through that route gives you more respect for the shirt than it does if you come from elsewhere? Did you feel differently at other clubs when you went to play for them later on in your career to how you did with regards to Arsenal? Harry, the one, one great thing about uh, me and my, my Arsenal experiences. I was a fan before I even played, before I ever played for Arsenal. I was a fan for, since a baby. So to get the opportunity to, to pull the shirt on, to come through the ranks and to make it and to be successful with that, with that band of brothers whom so many of them came through the ranks as well was so important. That's why we respect the club, we respect the shirt so much. But when you leave Arsenal and then you go elsewhere, that vein is still within you that you respect. You've got respect for whichever club you play for. You play hard. You respect the shirt, and you know people are spending good money to come and watch you. So, Harry, I've played games where nothing has gone right, and people have said to me after the game, "Do you know what? You had a nightmare, but you never stopped working." Now that will do me, Harry. Whereas when, before, after the first three games, could we have said that in the first three games, Harry, about the team? No. We couldn't. Now we can. Even though we had a nightmare at Brighton, even though we had a, a nightmare for like 70, 65, 70 minutes against Crystal Palace, the team never stopped working. They never stopped trying. They never stopped fighting. That is a very good sign. And that's, that's, that's really important for me. Dispels the myth as well that the players are not behind Arteta. And it's, it's such an easy story, I feel, for journalists to kind of fabricate when things aren't going well results-wise. And a lot of the time, there isn't very much truth in it. One question I had for you, Casey, that's just mm -hmm. come into my head, and I haven't looked this up at all, so forgive me if I'm completely wrong. Did you come across Mikel Arteta during your time at Everton, or did you just miss each other? No, he, he, was got, he, he wasn't there when... He came after I left. Okay. Yeah, he came to Everton after I left. And uh, I think it was a was it a year, uh, next season. The next season he came in. So I think he came the season after the Great Escape. Um, okay. Obviously, I went to West Brom in that January. We stayed up and then he went to Everton um, the next season. Yeah. Cool. I, I thought that it was similar timings, but not, wasn't yeah, sure just, if it was. Just not together. Yeah, yeah. We just missed, kind of missed each other. Yeah. Just missed each other. Great stuff. Right. Uh, let's take one more question from the live chat. There are loads and loads coming through. Um, let's take this one from Chris, who's basically asking. Um, he's put a load of formations in there, but what he's actually asking, to put it simply, is can Aubameyang and Lacazette start? And I guess why is Mikel Arteta reluctant to do that? Chris, I love this. Whatever your formation, it don't matter. These two have to start, as far as I'm concerned, because one, 
Laka's got experience up there as well as Oba. Laka's qualities are different to Oba. So you have that great partnership. Very rarely we actually see a partnership. We play so disjointed. Now we're seeing a partnership. We saw them link up um, against Crystal Palace in that, that, that final um, part where Laka came on. And we looked a lot more dangerous. We looked lively. You know, we... Lacazette probably had a couple of chances, didn't he, to score? So that was that was good for us. So whichever way we choose to play, I think these two definitely have to play together. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it given a go because you know we're not doing a great deal without them no. playing together, are we? And and no. we're talking about if we're talking about playing Aubameyang from the left hand side, which is clearly somewhere where from which he's not going to give us the same defensive work that a Saka might give you, for example, then you might as well stick them up front together and see what happens, especially when you're chasing games of football. And there seems to be this real reluctance to do that. Is it from fear of upsetting the balance of the side? Maybe. And is this kind of an indication that Mikel Arteta isn't confident in maybe his midfield that he decides to do this all the time. I don't know. Time will tell, but I agree with Harry, you. you know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see both of them up front as a front two. Yeah, agreed. I'd like to see it as well. I mean, it can't get any worse in an attacking sense, can it? It's no. been really drab and really dull. Uh, right. We are going to leave it there. Thank you all so much for your brilliant questions uh, in the chat box. There's over a couple of hundred of you watching us live right now, and there'll be plenty more watching and listening to this back later on. Hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Make sure you give Casey a follow on social media as well. And Kevin, I just want to wrap up by saying a massive thank you to you uh, for taking your time to come on the show because I know you're super busy and you even dressed for the occasion as well. What more could I ask for? Harry, you got me in the bow tie today, so no problem. <laughs> and uh, it's always a pleasure coming on with you, Harry. Anytime you need me, just give me a shout. If I can make it, I'll be there. I know you will. I know you will. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you for tuning in. We'll be back very, very soon with more Arsenal and football-related content. Until next time, take care. Goodbye. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.